We celebrate today the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord. You know, how important is this weekend? How important is the resurrection? Let me tell you, if it's not for the resurrection, then we don't have any Christianity. I mean, that's really what the Apostle Paul said. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, well, this is scripture, it says, and if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. If the resurrection never happened, then all that we believe falls flat. And then he goes on to say, and we're a bunch of liars. But that's not so, because we know the tomb is empty. We have eyewitnesses of over 500 people that saw Jesus alive, came back to life. We know that Jesus is alive. And all of Christianity is built on that thought, that, that, that basis of who Jesus is. You see, Jesus, he wanted to come be with us. And we see a picture of that. <clears throat> We've been talking about this for seven weeks over the past seven weeks, we've been talking about the tabernacle in the Old Testament. Now, you, you, got, you got to help me. I'm not sure the last time, other than a funeral or a wedding, that I actually preached with a suit on. So this, is, this coat might be coming off soon. I don't know. Just throw it at a bunch of you know, fallovers. You never know what's going to happen on Easter Sunday. We've been studying the tabernacle. And for some of you, if, you, if you're not used to uh, church or you're not, you haven't studied the Old Testament much, you, you, you're like, well, what's the tabernacle? Well, let me, just, uh, let me just kind of bring you in on the thought. Here, here's the big thing. You've probably heard of Moses. Have you heard of Moses? Uh, you, uh, Charlton Heston um, uh, or, you know, King of Egypt. Maybe you've seen those. I don't know. But you know that, that all of, of God's people were enslaved. Uh, and, and God's, God's told Moses, stand before Pharaoh and say, tell him, let my people go that they might worship me. And, and so finally, uh, Pharaoh responded. And, and so God's children were freed. And Moses starts leading them through the desert. And for 40 years, they were led through the desert. But right at the very beginning, God says, but I, I, I want to I be with you. In fact, this is the way he said it in Exodus chapter 25, verse 8. Then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I'll dwell among them. I mean, that alone right there, we could just sit back and say, let's just meditate on that. I mean, the fact that the God of the universe, the one who created the stars and, the, and put them in their place, the one who, who breathed life into Adam, the one who breathed life into man, the creator of all, the king of the world, wants to dwell with us. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, um, as, as we studied the tabernacle, our goal was always to see not just what's the tabernacle, but, um, but how does this point us to Jesus? In fact, this is what the tabernacle looked like. We had, we had aerial photography footage that we were able to go back. It's amazing what the internet can do. And just joking, this, this is an artist's rendition. But you'll notice there's tents all around. And what they did is they put this tabernacle. Remember, it wasn't Moses sitting around. It's like, I think we ought to build a tent, maybe a place for God to dwell among us. No, God said, I want to dwell among you. And so 
And so God, they built this tabernacle. And, and as we enter the, the tabernacle, we, we've talked about this for seven weeks. So if you're interested in more teaching on any of this, um, then you can go back and listen online or on YouTube or whatever. But we, we talked about how they would enter the gate. This, this whole thing is tabernacle. They'd enter the gate. The psalmist wrote, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. This is the, uh, the outer court right here. And so they'd enter through that gate and they'd go to the outer court. The very first place they'd hit would be the altar. You see, God wanted to dwell among his people, but here's the challenge. Uh Uh-oh. How does a holy God dwell among a sinful people? How does a holy God dwell amongst a sinful people? You might even remember all the way back to Genesis. God told Adam and Eve that the result of their sin was going to be death. God, however, had mercy on humankind and provided them with a way to temporarily cover their sin. It was an offering of a sacrifice for their sins. God said, if you sacrifice something, that will, it won't please me, but it will appease me, is what God said. And so he said, if you sacrifice, so, so what they would do, so that a holy God could dwell among his people, they'd bring a sacrifice, and you kind of see up here on well, if you have binoculars, you can see, but there's a, there's a little lamb or a goat or something up here that they're getting ready to put on that altar. And that's exactly, it'd be a blood sacrifice. And there's all kinds of sacrifices they would pay right here on this brazen altar. And then the next up, they'd get to the laver. And this would be after the priests were, were taking care of of the, the sacrifice, they'd go to that laver and, and they would wash themselves. The, the idea of cleansing, the idea of washing. They would wash their feet, they would wash their hands. And this is also interesting in that it, it really points to once, once you've received the sacrifice of what Jesus did for us, we know in the New Testament, but once they took care of the sacrifice, then they would go to that and they would wash themselves. It has a little bit of a picture of really of water baptism. It's because once you and I are saved, the next call right away is let's just get water baptized and let's go uh, uh, and, and, and join Jesus in baptism. In Romans 6 verse 4 it says, we are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And can I just say something to you? If you've never been water baptized, what are you waiting for? If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, it's time. Next week, we've got already about 11, maybe 12 different people that are going to be water baptized here in the midst of our service. It's going to be another great Sunday. I'd love to have you join us. Join us. You can go online. You can uh, register for it there, and and we'll get some more information to you. But it's going to be a great service as people give public testimony of what God's doing in their lives. But as we go back to my tabernacle here, next up then is there's this tent. Now, the thing about this tent that's part of the tabernacle here, only the priest could go in there. We, we could step into this area, but in that tent, the only people that could go in that tent would be the priesthood, would be those who were chosen to take care of the things that are in there. And it's the very first thing you walk into that tent, you see on the right-hand side is this table of shoe bread, show bread. It's a table of bread. And of course, we, we talked about how that points to the, the, the fact that Jesus is what? The bread of life. And on the left-hand side... You see this golden uh, lampstand, and that's pointing to the fact that what Jesus is the light of the world. And then we talked last week about the altar of incense, and, and we compared this, how, how this is like the worship and the prayers of the saints rising up to the Lord, and we know Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father right now, 
You say, what happened to Jesus after he died? He rose again. He was down here for 40 more days, and then he, he, he went up. <laughs> What's he doing now? Is he just having siesta? Is he just kind of just relaxed? Woo, Father, those people were a mess. Thanks for bringing me up. Uh, beam me up, Father. I mean, was, it, was, it, was he just going to just have a little, little time to relax, finally? Woo, being the Savior of the world, that's a lot of weight, Father. No, it's, the Bible says this. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for you and for me. How awesome is that? Oh, you need to listen to last week's message. You'll get more of that. But, but that altar of incense, is, 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 it, it fills that room with that smell, that incense, like the prayers and the worship of the saints. And so then, now, it's time to go to the place that only the high priest could go. Only the high priest. It's the, it's the most holy place. It's time to, uh, you, you see, you see the, the lampstand, you see the table of the bread, the altar of incense, but then there's this, this curtain, and of course it's cut out so you can see what's inside there. But beyond that curtain, there's only one person that could go beyond that curtain. Not just any priest, it was the high priest. And he'd only go once a year on the Day of Atonement. And I may say more about that soon, but this place was labeled off-limits. Because God's a holy God, and, and you, you didn't want to mess around. You can read the, the book of Exodus, and, and you can read the book of Leviticus and, and Numbers, and, and you can see what would happen if someone would be like, you know, as I'm checking out the candlestick here, I just what if I accidentally just kick the curtain open a little bit and just kind of take a little peek, see in the holy of holies there. The most holy. What if, what if I said, whoa, whoopsies, absolutely fell into the curtain. Well, you, your life would be taken from you at that point because a holy God told you not to do that. <clears throat> Here's the important piece. Only once a year could you go past that curtain in the, in the most holy place. Um, it's, it's off limits. As I was preparing for this message, I was thinking about that idea of being off limits. And I was reminded of a time when I was a kid. Why? Sometimes I don't know where illustrations come to me. I just, I'm just, just sit, sit, let me have some time to think and I'll come up with something. And, uh, but I was just thinking about, I was thinking about this one Sunday when my friend Jared called me. It was Sunday morning. He's like, hey, Scott. We're fifth grade, fifth grade. Hey, Scott, want to come over to my house after church? I was like, okay, I'll come over to your house. And see, here's the thing about Jared's house. Jared had a pool. And I knew every time we went over there to swim, um, uh, after we swam, there was always hot dogs on the grill. It just always... And as a fifth grade boy, can I tell you, those, those I would live for that. Yes, uh, swimming and hot dogs. And so after church, went over to Jared's house and we were swimming. And this might surprise you as a fifth grade young man, we got bored. So we're like, he's like, hey, you want to see my fort? I was like, oh, sure, I'll go see your fort. Where's your fort? And so he, we, we walked down the street and over a couple blocks. And, and there was this empty lot in his, in his housing addition where no one had built any houses. And and um, and so uh, so what I later learned was there's two groups of boys that had built forts on that property and and then um, so he showed me his fort and I'm like oh cool you know I wasn't really a fort type maker type person but okay this is great this is a fort wow and next thing you, you know out of nowhere pops up this kid who's bigger than us and says hey Jared and I was like oh this isn't going good so far. Um, He's like, why'd you guys mess up our fort? Come to find out Jared and his friends didn't like these other boys. They both had forts on the same piece of land, and Jared and his friends had just that day before destroyed the other guy's fort. Yeah, and this guy was bigger than us. 
I mean, you're, just get the idea of like uh, Scott Farkas coming out, you know, uncle, uncle, uncle. I mean, just say uncle, say uncle. I mean, you, you Christmas story, Scott Farkas, some of you did. Maybe some of you, okay, Hal Roach's uh, Little Rascals, you know, Butch on Little Rascals, just coming out there. That's what this kid was. I mean, it was straight up Little Rascals for about the next five minutes. I was waiting for Stymie and, 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 and Buckwheat and everyone just to jump out because I was like, this is nuts because he said, I'm going to give you guys a knuckle set sandwich and I was, when I heard the words knuckle sandwich that's when I got really nervous because I was like I just want to swim and eat hot dogs I, I I wasn't thinking knuckle sandwiches I'm thinking hot dogs and and so Jared and I were trying to make our way to the direction of his house and the kid kept standing between us and he's like, and, and he's like you need to keep your hands off stay out of our you can, don't ever come on and I'm going to give you a knuckle sandwich and at this point Jared almost started crying I, I he might not admit to it but he did and when I saw that I, I was I was concerned should I match that emotion what should I do should I stay calm I don't know and then out of nowhere, this kid who's like maybe twice as big as all of us, who happened to be one of Jarrett's friends, yes, came in and stood up to that, that butch and, and said, listen, you, you let them go home. Jared, and whatever your name is pointing to me, go home. Go, go to Jared's house. Go home. And, and the kid, I'll never forget, he stood there. He was still mad. And he gave in. He said, but don't you ever don't you ever step foot on our, our fort again. This is off limits. He used those words. I remember. This is off limits. Our fort is off limits to you. How does that fit with the tabernacle? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> Just the idea of that being off limits. You're not talking a knuckle sandwich here, people. You're not talking a, a bloody nose. You're talking, what are you talking? You're talking, you're, you'll be dead. Because a holy God, in fact, I'm going to talk about this next week. I'm going to talk about what it, what it means. Be holy as I am holy. God says, God's word says that. What does that mean for us? We're talking about that next week. But there's a holy God, and, and you can't go any further into that most holy place. Why? What was in there? Well, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Um, in fact, uh, here's a closer, closer picture of what that ark may have looked a bit like, something like this. If, if you have your Bibles... In fact, let me just read Exodus chapter 25, which explains it. Scott, I thought this was the cross, the resurrection. Aren't we going to get to that? Yeah, we'll get to that. Just hang on. Just hang on. But I just want to put it in the context of the tabernacle here and the most holy place in the ark. Have them make a chest of acacia wood. This is Exodus 25 verse 10. Two and a half cubits long and a cubit and a half wide, cubit and a half high. Overlay it with pure gold, both inside and out, and make a gold molding around it. Cast four gold rings for it and fasten them to its four feet with two rings on one side and two rings on the other. Then make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Insert the poles into the rings on the sides of the chest to carry it. The poles that remain in the rings of this ark, they're not to be removed. Then put in the ark the testimony which I will give you. Make an atonement cover of the pure gold, two and a half cubits long and a cubit and a half wide, and make two cherubim out of hammered gold at the ends of the cover. Make one cherub on one end and the second cherub on the other. Make the cherubim of one piece with the cover at the two ends. The cherubim are to have their wings spread upward and overshadowing of the cover with them. The cherubim are to face each other, looking toward the cover. Place the cover on the top of the ark and put in the ark the testimony which I will give you, the Ten Commandments. There above the cover between the two cherubim that are over the ark of the testimony, look what it says. I will meet with you and give you all my commands 
for the Israelites. Clearly, this is, of all the pieces of the tabernacle, if you've been with us for several weeks, this is probably the most amazing, most holy, most sacred pieces of all the furniture in the tabernacle.